0: Today on the podcast, you will hear a story of a man who's been arrested over 400 times. Father Louis Vitali has led a radical life following Jesus, and his story is written and told by his nephew and nation staff member, Max McGee. Evangelization of Peace, the Radical Life of Father Louis Vitali. Most families have that crazy uncle or relative who stands out at gatherings. My brown robed great uncle, Father Louis Vitale, embodies that role in my family. Growing up, I remember the phone calls informing our family of Father Louis's next imprisonment. Throughout his life, his radical focus on justice through nonviolence led him to over 400 arrests for civil disobedience. Since taking vows as a Franciscan priest in 1960, Vitaly has served as a fearless advocate within the Catholic Church for peace and betterment of the poor and homeless. Vitali and I could usually be found in a quiet corner of our family Christmas parties going back and forth about our faith if he was not in prison that year. His radical activism and keen awareness of the issues facing humanity always drew me in. As I drove up the flower-coated hills of Central California to interview Vitali. I reflected on a man I had known for years. Five years had passed since we last met at my grandmother's funeral. Following years of activism and subsequent jail time, Battali is now living in an Oakland retirement home for Catholic clergy. Over the phone before our in-person interview, he repeatedly warned me that he could not speak as clearly as he once had. Passing a plethora of Mexican markets and Chinese restaurants in the Fruitvale neighborhood of Oakland, I parked in front of the concrete-colored Mercy Retirement and Care Center. Greeting me with a big smile and chuckle, Vitaly's eyes sparkled with a comforting aura. Wearing a monk's garb, he stood tall and thin with his signature light-hearted sense of humor. Throughout his life, Vitaly fasted extensively and ate a vegetarian diet. The jovial Franciscan did not always live under vows of life of poverty, chastity, and obedience. In his senior year of high school, Batali was engaged with sights set on a lucrative future in the family seafood business. He described a lifestyle of partying and taking women on dates in fancy cars. It was such a possible glowing future, and I had always yearned for that typical American dream, he recalls. It was tied together with an Italian mindset, go into business, have a family, and do all those things. It's funny how things fall apart. On the other hand, Jesus moved in. Following his commitment to ROTC in college, Vitaly enlisted in the Air Force shortly after the Korean War had ended. At the time the Cold War was beginning, two global hegemonic powers, Russia and the United States, stood on the brink of an all-out nuclear conflict. On a weekly basis. At the time, many American leaders were on edge about a Russian attack from the air. Though he didn't have eyes to be the pilot, Vitaly's main role in the Air Force was that of an intercept officer. His role kept him in charge of equipment handling and radio communications on various aircrafts. One Sunday morning, Vitaly's crew received a call that would change his outlook forever. U.S. Command Central had been tracking a suspected Russian aircraft since early dawn. As the supposed enemy crossed the northern pole, Vitaly's fighter jet was sent to intercept the aircraft. Being my impetuous self, I peeked up and looked out. It was an American airliner, Vitaly says. I had a missile locked onto an American airliner, and it was counting down to launch. Fortunately, the adept pilot dipped the nose of the jet unlocking the target, and narrowly avoided what could have been a national tragedy. This close encounter illuminated the destructive power of weapons on Vitaly's conscience. He suffered from PTSD following his service and describes having nightmares about the incident for the rest of his life. Toward the end of his time at the Air Force, Vitaly saw a shiny Jaguar XK-140 on display at the local car dealership. He bought the car with some war bonds he had saved up and drove it across country. But the car and freedom did not have the effect he had hoped for. By the time I drove the Roadster back to the base, I felt a sense that this was not really nirvana, he admits. Raised in a Catholic family, Vitaly had been drawn to faith and religious devotion throughout his life. During his time in the Air Force, he occasionally stopped by church on his drive back from the base. We organized a choir at the chapel on base, and then somebody brought up the idea of going on a retreat. With some friends, Vitali went to a retreat at the Abbey of Gethsemane, a Trappist monastery where renowned Catholic monk Thomas Merton lived. I began thinking about joining the priesthood, but I was scared to death, he says. Despite his first-generation Italian-American father's priming to run the family seafood business, Vitaly made the decision to join the Franciscan order. His father was at a business convention in Chicago when Vitaly made the difficult call to his father's hotel room. My dad got all upset and said that everything I had ever worked for would go away and that I would be letting him down, says Vitali, That was hard. There were some long years of trying to work through that with him. Despite his father's disappointment, Battali thrived in his new life as a Franciscan priest. He graduated from seminary in 1964 during a seismic shift in U.S. culture and civil rights. While continuing his education in sociology through UCLA, he traveled to Chicago to take some summer classes in the city whose streets Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. marched for racial integration. Battali and one of his friends Friar friends went to watch Dr. King preach one Sunday. I went up and shook King's hand and said I was a fan of his, Vitali says. King's focus on nonviolence left a lasting mark on Vitali's strategy as a spiritual leader and reformer. I had great admiration for him. When he fasted, I would fast. I was quite involved with those strikes in Chicago, Vitali says, the impressionable young priest drew lifelong inspiration from this early encounter with King. Vitali would go on to march alongside Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta, co-founders of the National Farm Workers Association and advocates of farm worker rights in the late 1960s. Huerta remained a close friend, sending Vitali letters of encouragement and visiting him in prison. In the 1980s, Vitaly began organizing peaceful protests in the Nevada desert. At the time, nuclear weapon testing was a controversial national issue. Vitaly's radical opposition was rooted in his conviction that God's goodness is built into creation. I do not think that God created everything to be blown up, he says. God has created us not just to survive, but to take care of each other. In Vitali's view, the testing and proliferation of nuclear arms directly conflicted with Francis of Assisi's notion that God's creation has intrinsic value. The arms race depended upon new weapons, and there was a policy that we could not onboard a new nuclear weapon without it being tested, he says. So the big question was: how do we get them to stop the testing? While the New Testament is filled with examples of nonviolence, Batali points to the book of Matthew, where Christ willingly submits to Jewish authorities. "Put your sword back in its place, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword." Matthew 26:52. He calls his ministry an evangelization of peace, in his time protesting in the desert. Batali was often arrested for trespassing on federal property. He was arrested so often, once eight times in a day, that he became friendly with the justice of peace and military officials coming off and on the base. As protests in the Nevada desert expanded, there was enough sentiment to form a nonprofit group called the Nevada Desert Experience. Batali organized a six-week peace vigil at the entrance to the Nevada test site. The group drew support from well-known activists and social workers, including actor Martin Sheen, who was arrested alongside Vitaly in 1987. Eventually, the Nevada desert experience prevailed when President George H.W. Bush signed a moratorium on underground nuclear weapons tests in 1992. In the Nevada desert, Vitali experienced the power of organizing movements based on the principle of nonviolence. He credits extended prayer and fasting near the entrance of the nuclear test site as key in raising awareness. Following the Nevada desert experience, his lifestyle of civil disobedience continued for decades, though his devotion to the poor and homeless culminated in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco, where he became pastor of St. Boniface Church in 1992. In the Tenderloin District, Vitali experienced firsthand the daily physical and mental struggle of San Francisco's homeless population. His congregation was in an area of the city marked by alcoholism and drug use. Despite offending some churchgoers, Vitali opened the doors of St. Boniface to the masses of those living on the streets in the surrounding neighborhood. The effort of inclusion within the church, dubbed the Gubbio Project, was based on a legendary story from Francis of Assisi's life. According to the story, Gubbio was a little village in Italy where people kept flocks of sheep. Villagers were alarmed because a wolf was running through the town, killing some of the lambs and frightening the people living there. So Francis went to talk to the wolf about it and said to it, Why are you doing this? The wolf replied, I was hungry. In 2004, the Gubbio project opened the doors of St. Boniface Church to the homeless of the street to sleep during the daytime and attend regular mass. Vitaly was an advocate for what he calls sacred sleep. People have rights to sleep, eat, defecate, whatever he says. They have all got to do what they have got to do, and we have to help them to share what God has given to all of us. To this day, the Gubbio Project shelters anyone who needs support, notwithstanding occasional risks. Vitali recalls that once in the middle of early morning mass, several guards rushed into the church and removed a man Vitali had been counseling. After the mass ended, he asked the guards in frustration why they had taken the man out. They told him, Father, he sat next to you with an open knife right next to the pulpit. I don't know where to draw the line sometimes, Vitaly admits. The guards might have saved my life. I am not sure. As he grew older, Vitali only increased his engagement with social issues. While a pastor at St. Boniface... Batali traveled to Fort Benning, Georgia, to join annual demonstrations taking place at the former School of Americas. The school, now called the Western Hemisphere Institute for Security Cooperation, has a history of training military personnel from Latin America, whom protesters accuse of human rights abuses, including torture, rape and murder. In November 2001, Vitaly and 36 other activists went on trial for crossing the line onto federal property at Fort Benning. The demonstration took the form of a funeral procession with coffins, crosses, and participants dressed as mourners. We marched to an opening in the fence where we slipped under the first of three fences erected to keep protesters off the premises, he says. As we knelt in prayer on the other side of the fence, military officials approached us and took us into custody. Inside of the prison, Vitali prayed, wept and shared the love of Jesus with the other inmates, occasionally leading the prison liturgy. He kept up with the church's reading schedule from prison and rediscovered the writings of the Apostle Paul. During Holy Week, I read in the scripture where Paul and Peter got arrested. And I said to myself, see, they got arrested. There is nothing so bad about being arrested. Though many deem his actions extreme, Vitaly's devotion to radical reformation is inspired by Christ's actions in confronting the hardness of heart of those in high places of authority. In the realm of spiritual disciplines, Vitaly closely mirrored Jesus's example during the Persian Gulf War, Vitali fasted for 46 days, modeling himself after Jesus and inspired by Gandhi's work on nonviolence. I'm forbidden to do long-term fasts now, he says. I was in good shape back then. For Vitali, fasting serves as a discipline to focus on prayer and to listen to God's voice. At 87 years old, he continues to seek the face of Jesus daily through contemplation and spiritual practices. As we ate two rounds of Spumoni ice cream together at the retirement home dining area, it was clear that he has carried his love for people into the retirement home. His peers and staff that I met were drawn to his contagious warmth. Christ's light clings to Father Louis Vitali wherever he goes, whether to prison or the Nevada desert or a retirement home in Oakland. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is light, where there is darkness, light where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving away that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born again to eternal life. St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis of Assisi is widely recognized as an advocate for the poor of his day. Francis also held a high view of man's role in stewarding God's good creation. Throughout the centuries, disciples of Jesus have been a fragrance of relentless hope to the world around them. These individuals usher reformation into broken areas of the world and the communities. At his core, Vitali is a reformer. His early days monitoring the skies for Russian aircraft led him to the barren deserts of the Nevada test site to promote peace. His close awareness of the fragility of human life has guided him through a lifetime of service and radical advocacy modeled after St. Francis and Christ. Throughout our interview, Vitali repeatedly pointed back to Christ as his greatest source of inspiration. In his view, Jesus is in control of everything, guiding humanity from the beginning to the fullness of life and eternal bliss. Along the way, things get clogged up. If you have children, you constantly have to watch out for them and tell them, don't go that way, don't go down that alleyway, don't do this or that, Vitali says. We should go out with love and care for people as Jesus cares for us. As we wrapped up a day of reflection in the Oakland Retirement Home, I asked my great-uncle one last question. What advice would you give young followers of Jesus? With a light chuckle, Vitaly replied, Follow Jesus, do what Jesus did, and do it with love.